Did the Star Wars or Strategic Defense Initiative work? I forgot that Ronald Reagan sang in a movie. What movie was it? And what was on the television when the laser was fired? These questions and more are answered in the comedy spy movie, Spies Like Us. Now, this movie stars Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, along with some other actors we like, like Donna Dixon, Bernie Casey, Derek Mettings, and more. This is Dan and Tom from SpyMovieNavigator.com and our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. And today I'm going to bring you 10 reasons to watch Spies Like Us. Dan doesn't like this movie, so he'll talk about why as well. Well, we're going to bring you 10 reasons to watch or perhaps not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This movie was terrible as a spy movie, really. Oh, come on. It's a two-star movie because it does have some comedic moments that make you at least smile, if not laugh out loud. But How can you call this terrible, Dan? It's <laughs> a spy movie. <laughs> it grossed $10 million more than the spy movie James Bond put out that year. That's good. Somebody must have thought it was good. Yeah, hey, bad Bond movies made a lot of money, too, so comparatively. Oh, so. man. Okay, so I'll, <laughs> I'll admit, Spies Like Us isn't a great spy movie. Okay, but it's good. Better, but it's better than terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, it's much maybe. better than that number one of the Secret Service movie you had me watch. That was that terrific, we did an wasn't it? Episode on. People are loving that episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because the movie's terrible. They can listen to the episode and not watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, all right. There you go. All right. And maybe they'll do the same for this. No, no, no. Okay, all right. All right, let's look at the high level plot here. A nuclear war needs to be averted. Well, that's a big thing. So that's good. Two teams are created to handle the mission. One is a real team for the mission, and the other team is Emmett Fitzhume and Austin Milbarge, played by Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, respectively. Emmett and Austin are a decoy team to try to throw the Soviet Union off track. Yes, this is supposed to be a comedy, so you know that Emmett and Austin are going to bungle up their roles a little bit here. It has a pre-title sequence that doesn't foretell the comedy aspect of the movie. And I actually like that part. (laughs) (laughs) It's a strong opening. Yeah. The vehicle transporting the missile through a forest is crunching down trees in the snow, and the elk or reindeer are scampering away. That was good. Then we cut to outer space, kind of like 2001 A Space Odyssey, though no ape throws a bone here to facilitate the transition. But... (laughs) We see some space debris, which grabs our attention, and then a particular satellite with a sign on the door of the satellite that says, USA High Weather 4. No military value. (laughs) Okay. Come on, that's funny. Yeah. Even that is fleeting as the door opens, of course, and we see a camera taking intelligence pictures of the area. So without this sign, you wouldn't know yet that this was a comedy. But because they show us this sign, I mean, who else is reading this sign in space? It's for us. <laughs> They're making us know, okay, this is going to be a funny movie. Supposedly. And it is. Supposedly. Yeah. The title appears as the action continues. It isn't until the titles are over that the comedy really starts, if at all. There you go. <laughs> what do you mean, if at all? You already said that there's some points you'll There are some points. So, so let's stop there with the plot and talk about why I think you might want to watch Spies Like Us. Okay. All right. Or not. (laughs) (laughs) I think think part of the widely diverse response this movie gets has to do with its stars. 
Yeah, okay. If, if you're a big fan of Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, you're probably going to like this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you don't like those guys, especially Chevy Chase, you probably won't like this one. Okay. Yeah, Chevy Chase to me is more of a slapstick kind of comedy guy, but I see what you're saying there, and I agree. So yes. So if you're not, you know, if, uh, my take is that you probably aren't a huge Chevy Chase fan, and I think he's pretty funny, if if not inane at times. I like but, him in certain times. I loved him in National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation. He was terrific in that. So okay. there you go. So it's not like mm-hmm. I don't like Chevy. All right. All so right. give us so, your ten reasons. What's number one, Tom? Yeah, number one for me is Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. I think they work well here. Okay. But Chevy especially does what Chevy does. Like you said, slapsticks, yeah. silly faces, bumbling, dropping things, yeah. somehow making something work when it shouldn't be working. So if you like that version of Chevy Chase, this movie is definitely for you. And I'm fine with him, so I'm fine with what he does in this movie. Okay. All right. Dan Aykroyd has claimed that Emmett Fitzhume, the role that Chevy Chase is playing, was originally supposed to star John Belushi as Emmett Fitzhume instead of Chevy Chase. Now, that would have been interesting. Chevy Chase, instead of Belushi, had to have changed this movie, I think, quite a bit. I might have liked it more with Belushi. Aykroyd and Chevy Chase are always good, though. They never do a bad job, and they did not do a bad job here. So, yeah, if you want to see every movie that these guys did, <laughs> then sure, you're going to have to include this one, too. Yes, yeah, so, you know, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of slapstick, and these two guys do seem comfortable acting together. They do. They do. They're great together. I'm not saying they're not. The crew is terrific, and the casting is terrific. It's See, the movie. it's not a terrible movie. It's the movie. <laughs> well, in terms of they're comfortable together, there's even a scene where Chevy Chase's character, Emmett Fitzhume, mm. grabs both breasts of the character Karen Boyle. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, Karen Boyle was played by Donna Dixon. Donna Dixon, so, yeah. Yeah, so you, you may think, you know, what's the big deal if, you know, this is a standard Chevy Chase stupid move, right? Well, two years before Spies Like Us was created, Dixon married Dan Aykroyd. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, they stayed together for 40 years and separated in 2022. But Chevy is grabbing her breasts in a movie that her husband was starring in. I mean, it was t- it was a typical Chevy Chase comedy move, but that really seems odd when you put it in that perspective of the marriage. Yeah, I mean, that part is cool, and, and in all ways. <laughs> I mean, the info about Dixon and Aykroyd, I Dan, mean, really. you can't do that anymore. Yeah. You're not allowed to no, do no, that. No, no, you can't do that kind of stuff anymore. But look, Dan Aykroyd wrote this, so he, he knew what was happening, right? He wrote that scene, so eh, there you go. Yeah, maybe we should ask him. We'll have to get him on one of these. That episodes. would be fun. Come yeah. on, Dan. All right. So so let's move on to the number two reason to watch Spies Like Us. And that's the locations. Wow. This is a spy movie. And starting you know with James Bond, they would go to all these different locations. And this movie was shot in Norway, Morocco, Lancaster, California, Washington, D.C., and the London area. So... This, this, I like that because you've got all the different locations to see. Now, Norway was supposed to be Russia, but yeah. it still was a beautiful location they used. Okay, so, yeah, this is 1985, this movie, Spies Like Us. So they had a lot of history of spy movies like James Bond bringing them all over the world. So this is nothing new, but it is nice to see. They do bring us to some cool locations, and that 
is always welcome. So there. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> See, you said something nice. All right. Now, the homage Spies Like Us pays to the past is the third reason to watch this movie. And you know we like it when a movie does this. Yeah. And we see this in a couple ways. Here's a few examples here. There's a scene where Emmett is watching a musical scene starring Gene Nelson and Virginia Mayo. Uh They're singing and dancing to the song, I'll Be Loving You. And the movie was She's Working Her Way Through College, which was a 1952 movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in 1985, when this movie came out, the U.S. president was Ronald Reagan. And... He also stars in this movie, She's Working Her Way Through College. So Emmett Fitzhume is watching a Ronald Reagan movie while Reagan is president, and Reagan sings a bit in this scene. I I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's uh, an amusing scene because he's in the office watching this on uh, his screen while other people are working, of course. So, So that is a fact. Ronald Reagan was indeed a very popular actor before becoming president of the United States. I think he's the first actor to ever become president, though, you know, well, all, all, the, all these politicians are actors, so, you know, <laughs> what the hell. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just love the juxtaposition that they're showing that during Reagan's term as president. Yeah, just, uh, that's that, good. That, that cracks me up. Now, another thing that they bring in is Lawrence of Arabia, mm-hmm. and... There's this horse scene in the desert, and the main theme from Lawrence of Arabia plays during this scene. And there's also a poster in this movie from Lawrence of Arabia. So there's a nice little nod to that great movie. Yeah, and the music is good. The composer was Elmer Bernstein, who has over 400 credits and 11 Academy Award nominations, winning one for Thoroughly Modern Millie. During the scenes where they're getting close to the Soviets, the music sounds a lot like the movie Stripes. I thought that same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, they it, well, kind of makes sense because he was the composer of that movie too, as well as The Great Escape, The Magnificent Seven, and others. And the music really was one of the things that did work for me in this movie because there was a Great Escape piece in the beginning, in the very beginning of the movie, you could hear the great escape music and you can feel the Magnificent Seven music in different parts of the movie too. So high scores on the music, I say. So that, that part was good. Okay, so now that gets us to the fourth reason to watch. All right. And it's to me, it's the cast and crew behind this movie, in part because of some of the familiarity. Because many of this cast and crew have done work on the James Bond movies. So the first crew, I guess, if you call it that, is Sir Paul McCartney. He wrote and sang the title song for Spies Like Us, as he did for the James Bond movie, Live and Let Die. Okay, that's And in good. fact, the song hit number seven on the Billboard Hot 100 hits list. The music was good. <laughs> yeah. Second, Bernie Casey's in this. You've got to love Bernie Casey. He plays a character, Colonel Rhombus, who just totally yeah. cracked me up with the way he, he did that part. It was good. Now, James Bond fans will know him as Felix Leiter in Never Say Never Again. So Rhombus is a very different character from Leiter, and I like this character, and I like the way that Bernie Casey played it. Okay, I have no problem with Colonel Rhombus. (laughs) Okay, the next tie back to the James Bond in terms of the cast and crew is there's a cameo of a character called Dr. Stinson who's played by Derek Meddings. And he's also the visual effects supervisor on this. Okay. And he, again, is from, you know, did a lot of work with the James Bond movies. 
Michael Apted, who directed The World Is Not Enough, also has a cameo in here. Okay. And finally, the stunt team has a lot of ties back to James Bond. You've got Terry Cade, Ken Buckle, Paul Weston, Clive Curtis, and B.J. Worth doing stunts in this movie. I'm sure I missed a few of them, but these were the stunt performers that I caught in Spies Like Us, mm -hmm. and they're, they've got a rich history with the James Bond movies. So there you go. Some familiar faces are behind this movie. Yeah, no question. I, I like these connections as well, and it's good to flush them out here. And I like that, especially that Michael Apted is here in a cameo 14 years before he directed The World Is Not Enough. That's kind of cool. But it does not make it a great movie to spend your valuable time watching, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not the only reason. This was the fourth reason. Okay, let's go to number five. <laughs> so let's move to the fifth reason okay. to watch Spies Like Us. So the fifth reason to watch Spies Like Us has something that's kind of silly, but it does have a James Bond tie-in. If we remember in the 1979 James Bond movie, Moonraker, James Bond ends up in a centrifuge trainer. Yep. That was that thing that kept spinning around, adding G-force to him when the henchman took over the controls. Mm -hmm. Well, in Spies Like Us, we see a similar device to test Emmett and Austin's G-force threshold. Yeah. Now, this device is a two-seater because there's two of them instead of just the one with James Bond. And it looks a little different than the one in Moonraker, but the concept is exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. And what what I liked about this was that in Moonraker, the scene had a lot of tension. And how would James Bond get out of the situation? But here, virtually the same setup is done 100% as a comedy. Yeah. Okay, it's silly, but it was a nice twist because it was almost the same scene with two very different feelings when you watched it. Well, yeah, yeah, this is a comedy. I mean, the funniest part is after they get off the centrifuge and you see their faces and they want to go do something. I think he wanted to get a cup of coffee or something. And yeah. you, and the, the faces on them there, that's a nice moment that you'll at least smile at when you're watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That was pretty funny. All right. So, all right. So the sixth reason to watch Spies Like Us is how they brought real-world real-time topics into the movie, not just history stuff. As we mentioned, Ronald Reagan was the sitting president of the United States, yep. and they brought him into this. Star Wars, or the Strategic Defense Initiative, was a big topic when this movie came out. It was. And it plays a role in this movie. They kind of lambasted a little bit. They also did a bit on MTV, which was four years old then. And this was when MTV was still about music videos. Yeah. So this MTV tie-in is kind of cool because a little bit in, later in the movie there's a laser that fires and these two girls are watching yeah. these two teenage girls are watching mtv and the tv explodes yeah. so that was kind of a neat little neat little fun little thing there they saw they thought so too yeah, yeah they, they thought so too <laughs> yeah now there's also a scene where an officer walks past a computer room and I, it looked to me that it was probably a real computer room, but you never know. Well, they were but, in a couple of computer rooms, weren't they? They had a lot of they had a lot of gadgets and technology there. Yeah, but I'm talking. There was there's the one that was like a main formal computer room, okay. and that that felt authentic to me. Okay. And then of course we have a laser in here. Gotta have a laser. Love, <laughs> you know I love my lasers, and we do have a YouTube video called "Top Twelve Uses of Lasers in Spy Movies." Yeah, that's a good and one. So starting with Goldfinger, which is about when lasers came out, they've been a topical and a great tool for espionage. Yeah. 
right, we both like real-world connections to spy movies, and we have two episodes actually out dedicated to that topic, so you could check those out too. So we have a lot of very cool real-world stuff there that found its way into spy movies. So this is kind of okay stuff that you're talking about here too, Tom. And another thing that made its way into Spies Like Us is our seventh reason to watch this movie. And it's the fact that they used the Hitchcock vertigo shot. Mm-hmm. Now, when we did our episode Hitchcock Spy Movie Techniques with Tony Lee Morale, we talked about this one particular shot that Hitchcock created. And it's been copied in a lot of movies now, including Spies Like Us. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that. I think that was, what, our November 1st, 2022 episode yeah. uh, that we did. And uh, so I kind of like the fact that that shot's in here. All right, let's get to number eight. <laughs> okay, so the eighth reason is that they use the reluctant spy concept. And it's something we see in many spy movies and we talk about often because it's used so often in spy movies. Uh, okay. And he, here as well. They're reluctant spies. Austin and Emmett don't quite realize what their role is. They're never told really what their role is. And, you know, at the beginning of this movie, and as they go along, they kind of find out. And when they find out their decoys, they're reluctant to continue. They call themselves obligated involuntary officers. Yeah, OIOs. <laughs> OIOs. It's a great military title. But I love these this reluctant spy thing. You know, they get in it thinking, oh, well, this is gonna be a bump and pay and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The- it was a big it was a big bump and pay. Well, when they thought they were the main spies on the mission, they were cool with that. So they yeah. weren't reluctant about that when they got chosen and they they even said, Oh, well, this is gonna be espionage stuff. Oh yeah, that's cool. When they find out later as it's claimed in the beginning of the movie that they were going to be decoys or a diversion team well then they were disappointed but even knowing that they still pursued the mission and well, no, but so they weren't but, reluctant uh, there and, and when the opportunity a- presented itself they Emma weren't tried re- to leave. they were not reluctant they no they, Emmett tried to leave he was like you know i'm not doing this yeah but they didn't they, they that's my point they continued on she, they got convinced by someone else that they should continue on, and they did. It was they a made great that speech choice. to convince them. But they were re- at that point, they were ready to bail. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe we, we'll disagree on that one then, I guess. Yeah, we're going to disagree on a few things here. All right, go ahead. Number nine. All right, so number nine, why you want to watch Spies Like Us. Why not? Yeah. Is Bob Hope. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, he has a cameo here. It's a really quick scene. There was absolutely 100% no reason for him to be in this movie. That is true. But it was a kind of funny little 10 seconds or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. Bob Hope appearing here in Spies Like Us is like the Pope showing up at a strip club or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a surprise. Okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. All right. So let's get to number 10. The 10th reason to watch Spies Like Us is the use of inappropriate humor. In 1985, there were scenes that you could do that were funny, but were inappropriate. Today, you probably couldn't get away with a lot of this stuff. But in this movie, it did make me laugh then, and it does make me laugh now, even though I know I'm not supposed to be laughing. (laughs) To me, funny is funny, and if we can't laugh at our differences, we're in trouble. Yeah, okay, no. Humor is what makes this movie watchable at all 
And to be honest, there were plenty of situations, I thought, that they were in that could have been funnier one way or another. You're not going to get a ton of laughs out of this movie. <laughs> and there's I'm one not, thing. I, I got a decent amount of laughs. And that is the one thing it does have to offer. I think it delivers a little short on that target. But as we said, the music was very good. <laughs> it absolutely was. Right. Now I've been I've been singing the praises of this movie, but there is one thing that bothers me in Spies Like Us. One thing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's only one thing that really annoys me, and it's just because you know that I don't like it when they say things in movies when there are lines when it'd be very easy to find that the line was stupid or impossible. And if we hadn't done our episode on the gadgets and the man with the golden gun and the spy who loved me, I don't know if I would have noticed it, but we had just done that recording and then we did this movie and it kind of hit me. Dan Aykroyd's character, Austin Milbarge, who was supposed to be the smart tech guy of the team, you know, Chevy Chase was supposed to be the, right. the smooth talker and, and Dan Aykroyd's the tech guy. Yeah. At one point he says, that was a Russian copy of a 1969 Timex Digital. Yeah. Doesn't work. Okay. Because right? as we mentioned in that gadget episode that I talked about, the digital wristwatch didn't come out until 1972 when Hamilton introduced them. And then Timex also did get one out in 1972. Yep. So that couldn't have been a Russian copy of a 1969 <laughs> okay. Timex. Digital. All right. So that would bother you. Yeah. Now, Okay. Maybe I'm one of 10 people in the world who would notice this <laughs> or would care. Maybe care, yeah. <laughs> but again, as I say before, something so simple to check on was missed. Although, quite honestly, it's probably easier to check on that in 2022 than it was in 1985 when they made this movie because, you know, I have the internet to use to, to find that out. Yeah, well, they could have called Timex. <laughs> yeah, or they could have checked with Timex or something. Yeah. So with with that one exception aside, I recommend watching Spies Like Us if you're a comedy fan who likes Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. All right, so yeah, if you're a Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase fan and you want to see all the movies they have ever been in... And, and if you, you're a spy movie fan. And you're a spy movie fan and you've got extra time on your hands and if you want to be mildly amused, then, oh, then see this one. I don't hate this movie, but it's not a big thumbs up one for me. What do you me. mean you don't hate this movie? In one of our podcast episodes, you made the comment, don't watch this movie. I still think if you don't have a lot of time on your hands, go watch something else that's better. We have a lot of, go go watch The, uh, the Adventures of Tartu. That's a better one. <laughs> okay, so that's a wrap. When you watch Spies Like Us, drop us a note to let us know what you think at info at spymovienavigator.com. Yeah. Who's right, Dan or me? Yeah, do that. All right, this has been Dan. And Tom. From spymovienavigator.com and our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. Please subscribe to our show through your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Yes, we're all over social media too. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it.